Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to the worst idea of all time. Um, a salutation that I begin all episodes with, which is pretty fucking wild considering we've been doing this show for seven years now. You got to do that. All the big TV shows do that. All they the do big it. radio shows do that. But it's so weird. It makes no sense. Well, you just assume that someone's dropping by for the first time. Yeah, that's true. Hey, if you are dropping by for the first time, um, welcome. This is not our normal. Uh, recording environment You might hear a little more echo than usual And that's because for some unearthly reason My neighbour was like You know what I want to do today? Rip up the backyard using heavy earthworks equipment And not tell Tim ahead of time Which was real cool of Phil Shout out to Phil so, I actually, I, I quite like that guy Phil He's a fucking cool guy He's, he's a really he cool guy he, He's great What does he do for a job? Um, he works in the film industry He does uh, special effects and like it's, I want to say like extreme set building, yeah. kind of set design, art design I mean, stuff. The short answer would Neil be, Blomfkamp. yeah, the, the short answer would be District very, 9, bro. very well for himself is how he does. You might also hear on this episode, there is a third person. It is my great pleasure and distinct honor to welcome Australian sweetheart, Michael Hang to the podcast. Hello, Tim. Hello, guy. Hello. Hello, hello listener. Michael. Guy, what is this attitude you're bringing to, the, to, to this? What is going on? There was nothing sinister about that. I was just saying hello to my friend, there Michael Hing. There, there was, no yeah, there was tone. There was certainly a tone. No, oh. I think Tim and I both heard a tone <laughs> okay. there. So. Okay. Okay. I see what happens here. Hing, how are you, the buddy? The two baiters stand on each other's shoulders to try and feel like an alpha dog. Yeah, that's me. Uh, whenever I achieve greatness, it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of betas. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm very well, Tim. I'm very well. Uh, I'm in current, currently in Melbourne for the uh, for the comedy festival, um, and uh, it's it's weird not having you guys around. You know, oh, usually I would I'd mate. be able to um, uh, go and have coffee with you guys or something, or mm. like or uh, watch me in the street and scowl at you. Watch <laughs> porn thigh to thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's doing this podcast uh, without getting the full experience of um, sitting and watching a pornographic film in the same room as you guys really feels like a disservice to um, to the yeah. podcast. It's a lot sadder, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly it shines a much brighter spotlight on the exact activity. Um, uh, did you watch this one uh, in a cafe alone again, Guy? Um, where did you watch this one? No, I resisted the overwhelming urge to take my endeavours public. I watched it actually at the very table I'm sitting at, which is wow. almost as sinister. I'm sitting at my kitchen table in the house I share. <laughs> There's something about like getting up, getting dressed, shower, shave. <laughs> Breakfast, sitting down, tucking into a porno at the dining table, which is dark. It's important to know that I actually showered and dressed after the porno. I watched this in my underpants and a hoodie. It was so (laughs) grim. And then I was only going to shower because I was going to come to your house. Then you said, oh, we got earthworks. And I was like, wow, I've still got a fucking shower, don't I? Yeah. I don't want you coming around watching me finish the porno in my underpants, you know. Yeah. Well, luckily, luckily our streams didn't cross. It was all good. What about you, Hang? What were your watching conditions? 
Uh, my watching conditions were I started watching it at my place of work, which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, because I don't <laughs> think I fully understood how pornographic this film was. Because um, uh, you said it was, yeah, I, I guess I knew it was softcore pornography, but yeah. I guess I didn't really know what softcore pornography was. What did you think I, softcore pornography was? I thought it was you wouldn't see any, um, any, any boobies or any nudity. I thought it would just sort of be. So you thought it was like a uh, movie. Yeah. 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 It was like. I, a, a movie in which sex as a concept exists, but it's not explored. Yeah, like so um, any movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to understand that I'm um, I'm, I'm quite a prude. Uh, but <laughs> so I started watching this. Uh, this, was, this was after work, so uh, everyone had gone home, and I, I, I sort of tucked into I, I tucked into the. I, f- I certainly downloaded it on the work Wi-Fi, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> and then I uh, started watching it, and then I reckon about. What was the first? The first boobs you see are probably what, like five minutes in. It's quite oh, close to the top, if that. Yeah, it's it's they're straight in there. There's quite a lot of sex in this one as well. I said that about a, a, another one that we watched, but like it does, it varies quite a bit. Mm. So anyway, sex. I very quickly packed up, uh, mm. embarrassed that someone might walk by and see me. Just and also, I guess when you're watching pornography of any kind. I guess you're worried that you'd be so overcome by the erotic powers in the pornography that you could just end up needing to uh, relieve yourself. And I obviously take did not want whi- to do that. Take at work. a whiz, but uh, come whiz, a come whiz guy. Oh wow, that is <laughs> come on, man, that is nasty. <laughs> and so I was like, I just on the off chance that um that the the, the uh, uh you know that I would have to do that. I I, I scurried home. Um, to the apartment I'm staying at. I've um, always liked the way you scurry. A lot of people <laughs> have a sort of loping gait, but not Michael Hing. Here is a man who only has one mode of transport. It's the scurry. And it's a loping scurry. gait. Is that like scurry. A it's sort of like stride. A, yeah, loping gait would be how like a tall person walks. It's sort of like boom, 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 boom. Right, and, and if you had now, to do what is musical the sound scurrying? Of yeah. <laughs> That's uh, just some, this guy scratching his microphone there for a bit of fun. They will, uh, they will have heard. You might not have. We might be connected on a microphone that's not the oh, one. But I, I think I, I articulated a pretty accurate scurry. So you scurried um, home, scurried phone home. in hand, phone actually, in the other. <laughs> can I actually? Um, uh, I'm currently staying in an Airbnb, and I've, I've, uh, I, I don't know if you're interested in this. You're probably not, but I'll tell you anyway. Not so uh, far. Hang, I'm interested <laughs> in everything that's going on with you. And this is why Tim is the favourite guy. You know, this is why. <laughs> but uh, I'm staying in an Airbnb in a very tall apartment block, and my Airbnb host has told me to tell the security and the concierge that I am her nephew. Mm. Um, <laughs> And Love and that. so yeah, so that's that. that so I am, uh, and the thing is that they like she must have lived here for a while beforehand, so they know her. So I was like, oh, I'm let's say her name's Sarah. I'm like Sarah's nephew, and then they were like, oh, how is Sarah? And so Fuck. I've had to start messaging my Airbnb host for personal details of her life, so I can forward them on to the concierge and security staff at the uh, getting- apartment complex. Are you getting a good rate there, like in exchange for... This seems like quite a to-do. Uh, it's very cheap. It's very cheap to it's, stay here, and it's a very nice apartment building. It might so, yeah. very well be the first page of the great Australian love story. This sort of oh. sounds like the sort of serendipitous circumstance which might lead two people to discovering true love. <laughs> Do you think Michael Hung and the um, owner of the apartment? Or the concierge. Could be okay. anyone, really. <laughs> Could be anyone. <laughs> Love is everywhere, man. Yeah. The important thing keep, is I'm involved, guys. Yeah, keep your eyes open. I, I hate <laughs> that for you, man. It's like I'm paying to, to stay here. I'm yeah, not good paying. right, though. This is why I'm okay with it. No, if I'm you're getting saying, a good deal, it's like, yes. I'm not paying to lie on your behalf. Like I'm not paying to feel guilty every time I enter my accommodation. Say love, uh, Yeah, Save but I will say that I do love the idea of um, an acting gig. You know, that's quite exciting for me to get an acting gig. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. That's, so really, one way, that's one way to look at lying. You're, you're brushing up your um, performance skills ahead of taking the stage at the Melbourne yes. International Comedy Festival. Hey, yes. we should probably talk a bit more about this film. So this this is um, interesting because this is part of the Emmanuel 2000 series, but the title of this film is actually Emmanuel 2001. 
Sensual Desires, I think is the name. Something along those lines, And yeah. the opening mm-hmm. shot is of two big, beautiful buildings, which did exist in New York City for the first half of 2001. And a little bit of the second half. Yes. Let's not forget about the great months of July and August. That's true. Nor <laughs> September's 1 through 10. Did, I, I do wonder when... Because I get, like... These movies, Michael, are so odd because what's happened is there's about six or seven actors that are in all seven of these films and Mm. there's about three musical tracks that they've made that play in all the movies. Mm. And so because Guy and I have now watched... These are happening out... The record's happening slightly out of sequence. We've now watched all of them. Right. Next week will be the, the final one, but we've already recorded and watched that. And it's been like very hard to keep everything straight because not only is it the same actors in every movie, but you may have noticed this in this movie, every movie contains three distinctly different stories. So there's like it's a three 20, act structure. Yeah. Twenty one tales it's being a, told quickly by six people I, in I three songs. I don't know that it is a three act structure because a three act structure would all be pertaining to one overarching storyline. But these yeah. are like, these are three short films. Sorry, I don't know. Did you, have you studied film at university, Guy? I, actually, I literally have. Well, I haven't, and this is my understanding <laughs> of the three-act structure. The, 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 my understanding of the, the three-act structure is the first act is it always takes place in some sort of business, um, uh, I guess, a corporation. Okay, so yeah. we're on the same page here. The second act, I believe, is some sort of fantasy in a poolside arena. And then the third act, traditionally, and this is going back to Shakespeare and and um, the, the poets of yore, um, the third act is usually on a boat, is my understanding. Always. <laughs> well, I, okay, so those three parts are true. Obvious, you know, that we can agree upon that. It's more Thank about the, uh, the connectivity of these three parts of the story. Would you say that what was happening in the first act was relevant to what was happening in the third act? I mean, maybe not literally, but certainly in a um, in a <laughs> in a metaphorical way. sense, of course. <laughs> so, Hank, can you take us through what you remember happening in this film? So, I've I've taken some quite extensive notes, um, and and I guess the, the in, in the just, first, you should you just read the funniest ones. <laughs> I think I'll do the boring ones about uh, the weird edits and cuts. No, I, I, I guess in the first in the first part of the film, it is really um, centering around. Uh, a, a kind of a Wall Street style um, financial brokerage, which um, where, where a wife is quite mad at her husband, and Emmanuel two thousand uses her mind control um, amulet and uh, tiara combination to bring them back together in love. Nice uh, to hear the word amulet out and about. Yes, it is. <laughs> and also, if if Leonardo DiCaprio is the wolf of Wall Street. What animal would you describe our male hero as? Ooh, um, I, I guess he's, I, he, he's, he's sort of, I, I, uh, it's hard to tell really. He doesn't really have a character. Sloth. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he's a sloth. Really... He needs to be picked up and carried around. And while adorable, he is neither threatening nor sexually alluring. He's certainly mm. not like a horse, like a big, powerful, sexy horse. It's like the opposite of a horse, which I think but is there, a sloth. But there was one thing in the film, in this first part of the film, the Wall Street portion of the film, that really struck me. And that is that I could not quite understand what the exact powers of the amulet-tiara uh, combination were. What is the mind control powers? <clears throat> so if I could just guess, if I could just pitch something Please. to you guys. Yeah. The, first, the first thing is obviously, if I have sex while I'm wearing the tiara... The person who's wearing the amulet also has sex. That's number one, right? Keep going. Number two, if I give commands while wearing the tiara, the person wearing the amulet must obey those commands. Yes? This is very Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. Okay. Yeah, keep going. Number three, if either of us... An amulet may not allow (laughs) harm to come to a human by action or inaction. Number three, if either of us come, the stock market raises about 800%. That is... I now, th- <laughs> that one was an addition just for this film, and yeah. I will admit, Michael Hing, that caught me off guard as well. The other, <laughs> the other powers I was used to after the last half dozen of these, but the, the weird cross-cutting of sexual climax being, um, you know, grasped for and, and, and they're heading towards that, 
being mapped by the stock market going up and one of the most hilarious graphs. I mean, guys, you got to see this graph. The title of the graph was Stock Market Rising. Um, I don't think there was any unit of measure on X or Y. You would assume that X is a time scale and Y mm. is money. But what <laughs> index are we measuring here? Is this the Dow Jones? Is this the NASDAQ? It's, uh, is it's it FTSE maybe? It's the stock market. It's, it's written on the graph and mm. it is rising. It's rising. The, harder, the closer people come to orgasm, the more that thing rises. And I thought initially this could have been a coincidence. I thought it could have been just like, oh, this is like when in a sex film when they cut away to a train going into a tunnel or something, and this is meant to like um, metaphorically represent sexual pleasure. But there's a moment in the film during the sex scene where they're fucking, and uh, uh, he says to the lady, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, because he's being distracted <laughs> yeah. Yeah. by the rising graph while he's having sex with his wife. He's, he's not yet having sex. She's his, masturbating. Yeah, his wife is masturbating. Which is oh, bringing sure, the stock sorry. market up, and which is wild. Yeah, he's watching a graph, she's masturbating, and <laughs> everyone is kind and, of and winning. The, and the markets are loving it. That's right. <laughs> This guy's sort an of, idiot, a little mm. context as well. So he's got a partner in the firm who appears to be his boss. I've got to say, the power dynamic with those two is fucking all off. There's sexual mm. tension between them. They've never engaged in that. But this is why he and, the, and his partner are having a tiff because she's like, hey, man, you spend too much time at work with this woman. He's like, hey, man, someone's embezzled money, all this money in six different accounts and I have to track it down. Anyway, should we go get a drink? <laughs> <laughs> He tries to atone. He says he works too much, and when he's not at work, he's thinking about work. And he, he you but know. then he gets very worried that he's got to figure out where this money's going, which I understand because it seems like the firm is going to go down if he doesn't figure it out. But then immediately invites Emmanuel and his partner out for a drink in the midst of the hunt. And then when he goes to the bathroom, his wife is to him, says to Emmanuel, "You know, I don't really go for ladies, but if I did, it'd be a woman like you." And Emmanuel <laughs> says. Wanna hook up? Yeah, and they do, man. Yeah. Was that hot stuff for you, Hang? Did you love a bit of that? I was baffled by that. So <laughs> she cheats on her husband with Emmanuel, but that's without the amulet being used. That's that's just that that's sort of just cheating. Yeah, but, yeah, but it was 2001. Sort of, the Twin Towers were still up and women could kiss women without it counting as And cheating. also, it's sort of like, you know when you get out of a bath and your body is still emanating heat as though you're mm-hmm. in the bath? Mm-hmm. I feel like she was still in the afterglow of that incredible sort of uh, makeup sex that she had with her partner in the office. And, it, you know, she could draw a direct line between the arrival of Emmanuel and that event. I feel like she was still in a, a sexual haze. Mm. Mm. Well, Amulet or no. During this bit, the boss then steals the tiara. That's right. Lady boss. Yeah, lady boss. Yeah, girl boss girl steals boss. the tiara. <laughs> And uh, Elizabeth takes off the necklace in anger. Oh, wait, sorry. No, I've got, I've got confused for a second. Sorry, I got my notes confused. Sorry. She steals the tiara and then takes herself back to the office, um, referring to herself as one hot piece of ass and, and, and saying that she wants Marcus, who's the, the main character. Oh, I now, thought she was talking about him. Was she talking about herself? Yeah, she's saying I want. Yeah, she's saying I want hot piece of ass. Why doesn't he ah, like me? Ah. So then, she she then makes him come. He's because, wearing the amulet. Yeah, so he's wearing the amulet. She then says, like via the control device, "Come back to the office and fuck me or whatever." And then, so he he's does. Do, he does while the other two are making out. They yeah. real they suddenly get a sense of what's going on because Emmanuel knows the bigger picture of how this device works. No one else kind of knows. Everyone's just just everyone else in the is dark. new to it. But Emmanuel is a field researcher for <laughs> a, a doctor, and which she's I like, guess, "Oh no, they've got the necklace and amulet." This which is I bad. guess is my that's another question that came up in this. I, I guess in in movies, as as a performer, as an actor, you want to understand the motivation of the characters, and mm. I don't really. It's never explicitly said what. Emmanuel is trying to achieve through her scientific ex- escapades. She's Emmanuel- just saying she wants to do research, but to what end? So glad we can help with this. 
There is a couple who haven't been referenced in this film for some reason, but they're in every other one of these Emmanuel they were, they were brief, I think they were briefly in this. I, or maybe that was in the opening credits. I feel You're like a I fucking liar. I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and not the good kind like him where he's brushing up his acting skills. Woo! The kind where you're going to lead our audience astray. <laughs> Dr. Maggie Hansen is a wheelchair-bound scientist who has created these devices. So that she some can, weird reason. she can have sex with her husband again. Yeah. Yes. So she no. can like have all the sensation of of having. I think sex. she. I think she briefly appears in the Fuck. movie. Oh wow! <laughs> well, that feels really good. I'm sorry, <laughs> but if I could, if I could maybe um, broker some peace between the two of you, Tim, I think you've got something you need to say to Guy. Hey, Guy, my bad. I'm sorry. No worries, dude. I messed up. <laughs> Forget about it. I'm over it. You're not even looking at me. I'm what are looking you looking at? You're looking directly into the webcam. I'm looking at you and the computer. Just look at me. I'm sorry, man. It's fine. It's out of hand. No, it's okay. Guy, Guy, when people say we're sorry, we don't say I'm fine, do we? You I said it's that. fine. I said it's, it's fine. fine. I'm not. I'm not fine. I said okay. it's fine. Okay. Yeah, what's well, we the don't apology that. version of your welcome? Because we yeah. don't have one and we need one. Oh, oh, apology accepted. Your welcome is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, And I I guess, but I guess the thing I don't understand is what Emmanuel is trying to achieve. What is Emmanuel trying to achieve? She loves fucking and she loves science. So she's kind of mm. brought together her two passions by teeing up with this scientist couple to parade around the world, um, putting the device in different people. And she sends all the data back to them for like analysis. She was patient X in their experiments. Mm. But I guess is this is, is the idea that with this um, new device, they want to release it commercially to the public? There was, I think there was brief talk of that in the, in the first episode, right? Which we watched last. <laughs> I, I think they're still in beta testing phase. I think they're just like... But they are talking about this being an actual thing eventually that people could could buy. I think that was mentioned. It would be... If this product was released in the open market, it would be anarchy. Truly, it would. Yes, because it would. The power it has is so great. People don't... You know, like... People, people were like when when he got when that guy when the horse of Wall Street whatever the sloth of Wall Street goes back mm. to fuck his boss, he's like he's sort of having sex there. He's just like I I don't know what's happening right now. That sex is so funny as well. Yeah, it was. I don't think that guy's ever had sex before. You, you he mean was in a, before was the that, actor or the character? The actor. I don't think yeah. he had any reference point because there were a couple sex scenes with him in it, and at no point was I like. Oh yeah, that's how it goes. He's <laughs> just kind of like flopping on top of women like a fish. But act, acting is hard. He might be a, a dynamite having sex in real life, but then in you uh, know, it gets inside you his a, head. Yeah, for, yeah. Like it, it would be tough. You know, this might be his first gig, and it's mm. not just he's got to act. He's also got to act like he's having sex. Well, we know it's not his first gig. He's been in six other of oh, these yeah, films. Yeah, well, we don't know what order they were shot in. Well, this one was shot last. Exactly. Well, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Is, is give the guy a break. I mean, I think it might be harder to act in a softcore pornography than a hardcore pornography. Wow. Okay. That's a that's an interesting take. Why it, is it? Because you need there needs to be because there's less like heavy handed dicking about. Well, like one of the one of them it's like it's impossible. You know, one of them you know exactly what you've got to do. Mm. The hardcore porn, and then the softcore porn. It's like you're you're dancing around the edges, so you're not actually totally present within yourself. You're acting. You're in your head the whole time. Hmm. Wow. In hardcore porn, you can just be like, okay, well, this is the bit where we have sex, and you have sex. What's the Patreon tier for you guys to make a softcore pornography film? What? How much I, money? What's the I, Patreon stretch goal for that? I actually might be making a pornography with some other friends. <laughs> how, does, how does that make you feel, guy, to be cut from the pornography project? Uh, fine. Uh, as I, I mean, I hope that it gets off the ground, but I'm... I'm We've got some funding I, things pending, but it actually looks like it might happen. I'm pretty. Wow. I'm actually already overwhelmed by the amount of <laughs> pornographic material in my life. I don't think. I don't think me making more is a solution to how I feel. 
I found this movie so hard to watch. It was so bo- like I was just so frustrated and bored. Yeah, what did you? Because I we will get into how it kind of stacks up to the rest of them. But hang like just as a, I know there's lots more of the plot and, mm, and we course. can talk about it and we should. And you've taken notes and I want to respect that. But no, it's fine. Fuck man, what did you think of this movie overall? I thought it was very boring. I thought it was yeah. boring and it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but um, because I. I, but I also have in my brain, I just want to do a good job for my friends, Guy and Tim. So yeah. I was desperately Guy trying was to make it funny. I was just yawning as Michael was extending that olive branch, <laughs> by the way. I want everyone to know. Why would anyone need to know that? On a, on a fucking webcam. You can get away with that sort of when it's a voice-only call. <laughs> well, I was... I, so I took extensive notes and I desperately have tried to make... To, to, to kind of, um, you know, like blood from a stone, try to get anything funny out of this film. Um, but I, th- I, I guess it wasn't very horny to me because I find mm. mind control stuff very unsexy. It's very unsexy. Yes. You it, messaged us in the midst of watching and you were like, this has got some dicey ethics. Yeah. yeah I'm paraphrasing just, what you said. Yeah, just because like, I mean, I think up until maybe, up until for decades, centuries, love potions and mind control and love spells were just thought of as a regular fun thing that was able to be in stories and stuff. And I think, yeah. obviously, we look back, we look at it now and we're like, well, that's, I wouldn't like to undergo that. I don't think anyone would like to undergo that. That seems awful. Um, and so watching it, it was very difficult for me to uh, get horny or yeah. get around that because of, because of that dilemma. Well, I'm really sorry that you couldn't successfully gain an erection at work watching <laughs> a porno in uh, a yeah. government-funded radio station. It was 2001, Michael. It was a different time. <laughs> George W. was roaming the White House. The Twin Towers stood loud and proud at the bottom of the Isle of Manhattan. And if a woman had a tiara and an amulet, well, <laughs> the world was pretty much her oyster. They there also a- worked at 30 Rock, which I found interesting. Because when he got in the cab, he was like, 30 Rock. I was like, I know that one from the show. <laughs> so do you think this, this, these people, um, the, the stock uh, brokerage they work at is like, it's part of NBC or something? Or like, yeah. Is that how that building works? It's just got, it's because it's massive, right? So mm. it's probably got a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. It's probably Al-Qaeda in there or something as well. That's how they planned I hope it. so. Mm. <laughs> from the inside, a building kind of nearby. Um, so when Emmanuel and the uh, the wife, I want to make Elizabeth, a second apology before we go any further. Oh, I would sure. like to apologise for for the nine eleven jokes I've made. Why? Too many to now. Okay, to, to me, from me to you. You're welcome. Do you apologising to Guy? No, to the listener. Okay. Um, and on behalf of the listener, you're welcome. <laughs> so when you, Emmanuel and Elizabeth turn up at the brokerage to catch Marcus. Fucking uh, the, his boss, who's just made him come back to the office to fuck her. Um, they, they, they're confronted and whatnot. But then the boss admits that she's embezzling funds. Mm. And then I think, I, I can think this bit kind of um, got me confused. Is it as punishment she has to now wear the amulet and has to fucking blow another guy? It was kind of... I, my interpretation was it wasn't quite punishment. It was that Emmanuel, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Sure. And when you're Emmanuel, you believe every social ill and relationship problem can be solved by just throwing penis or vagina at mm. a respective party. And so I think she was like, look, this woman's done some awful things. She's been embezzling. She took over a man's body to have sex with him, which, mm. it's, you know, ignoring the legalities morally is reprehensible. Mm-hmm. What I, this is clearly we're dealing with a damaged individual. Yes. So I'm going to try and fix her by... Uh, Keeping her in the same workplace. Catching a yeah. dick for her. Getting Demoting her... her and making her promote a, a junior boss. employee and blowing him as soon as he's her superior. <laughs> Seems healthy. And Seems while, like it works. And while this is happening, the cutaways they've chosen during this sex scene are construction work, which, again, very <laughs> unerotic. There's nothing. They, it's the thing they do in these films, saying that they like cut away to visual metaphors in the middle of the sex, and it's so confusing to figure out like if you're supposed to be masturbating to these films or not. 
I imagine in 2001, it's again, different time. People were jerking off to all kinds of things. They didn't know, they didn't know pornography like we know pornography. They didn't know sexual delight like we know sexual delight. <laughs> they, they, they didn't know the overwhelming arousal of two step-siblings exploring <laughs> forbidden love. Like getting, the laundry. Yeah, yeah, getting stuck in a dryer. Um, <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, okay. Marcus and Elizabeth are living happily ever after after this, I guess. And then Royce, who's the fifth man who she blows, and Dana. They I've never up... heard the name Royce before attributed to a human being. Yeah, well, they're together. And then Emmanuel decides she's leaving the big city. Uh, but she never takes the necklace back from Dana, which makes me think. For future controlling um, moments later on, I wondered if when they're in different settings, if Dana was still being controlled because she was still wearing the necklace. I've seen this movie and I can't remember who Dana is. Who's what? Dana's the boss. Dana's the boss. Oh, she was the she was the evil embezzling boss. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yes, yes. yes. I I like that we're paying more attention to these um, plot particularities. I think it's an interesting question: is like if Manuel leaves Dana with a necklace. Either knowingly or unknowingly, and then she goes away and starts giving out necklaces and putting on tiaras and fucking around with other people. Is that still impacting Dana? Yeah, like, is Dana still being controlled? Sort of in different environments, and not deliberately, just consequentially, because she's still wearing the necklace. But mm. you're going about your daily life, and you're just constantly moments away from sexual, like extreme sexual arousal. Yeah, so risk not under your control. You can take, a the amu- take the amulet off. People have that. Mm. Constant arousal syndrome or something like that. It's a real thing. Um, anyway, I, I feel I feel like I don't want to go into too much detail with the next two things. But there's another scene involving. There's another. The second part of the storyline is a photographer who's trying to get his models to be more sexy. Uh, I they, <laughs> I loved the second. I loved the second act because it was sort. It was more that the photographer lost his joie de vivre. Yeah, it was. His work. It was ridiculous. There was a photographer. The purpose of the photographs he was taken was never outlined. No. You know, he's an old friend of Emmanuel's. Yes. He takes photos of the most beautiful woman in the world, but they're all lacking in sensuality. Mm. And so Emmanuel explains to him, first of all, you lie down next to this pool and have a wet dream. (laughs) He does. And then he stands up and he tries to find Emmanuel and he can't. She's disappeared. She's disappeared. And he, (laughs) he arrives at his studio. Emmanuel's found his... Like photo- photography assistant, immediately enamored by him. He looks a bit like um that guy from Gossip Girl, who turned out to be Gossip Girl. Then he was in that show, You. Dan you know, the, from Gossip Girl. That's was, the one. Was Dan Gossip Girl? I can't remember. I think Dan. Was yeah, Gossip he was Girl. the the mm. Pen Badgley or Peg Bad Banley or you know that fucking guy. Anyway, Emmanuel shows up 
She's like, you've never sounded this. more like my grandfather. Trying to remember, his name was Pe- I, no, he was Peter's uh, Pedge Pedge Bingley. Peg Bingley. He used to work. Now, hang on, let me get. <laughs> I'm, I'm honoured to have my name atop, you know, the new list of moments in which I've sounded like Hing's grandfather. <laughs> Another iconic moment. But yeah, I, I just love it because Emmanuel's like, I'm going to help this guy get his mojo back with taking photographs. And so she, she gets the assistant to give two amulets to the models. First time we've had two. First time we've had two. Pretty she puts cool. on the tiara, seduces the assistant, and then the photographer comes in. And he says to his assistant, sorry I'm late, are we lit? He says yes. The photographer doesn't check any of this and starts <laughs> taking photos in a paddling pool yeah. in the middle of a studio apartment. Yeah. And the background is just like whatever is actually lying around his apartment. Yeah, it's fine. We've got no idea the end game for these photographs. We don't mm. know who these photos are for. It's Where good. are they going? Like it's good storytelling, And then man. I don't want to get bogged down. They start <laughs> the stripping detail. off and he's like, Whoa, ladies, maybe you've been a little too naughty. You got like, a little ah, too what far. The, what the hell? And then he joins in. And then anyway, they have a threesome. He stops taking photos at all. And then Emmanuel's like, ah, oh, well, your client's going to be happy. And I was thinking, the client's going to be furious. He took a lot of like photos before they started. 10 out of focus photos. <laughs> and then he just fucked the models. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that is frowned upon. <laughs> but then, wait. Then there's a scene where Emmanuel and PJ, which is the photographer, mm. they are then spying on the assistant and, yeah. and one of the models who are on their date. And She's... during and during that date, the supermodel, they go to sort of a margarita, like a Jimmy Buffett style margaritaville kind of. <laughs> is and also, this has been a recurring part of the the sound mix for these movies, but mm. there was a dance floor scene where everyone's dancing and the music's mixed real low, <laughs> but the, the footsteps are mixed up real high. Again, don't know why it's so... Yeah. And it so, he, so she then... That was so she just good. blows him. She blows him in front of a crowd at a Margarita-style, Margaritaville-style bar. And that's just... No one's like, what is going... No one's like shocked by this. Everyone's just well, sort of peering see- in... The, the people, people behind him, like they look, they're just kind of looking like, huh? And then a whole bunch of guys come over to basically high five him, yeah, who he's never met, and he's just like, yeah. The people love it. <laughs> so then, and why, why she, wouldn't you? She, it was two thousand and one. <laughs> it's an eatery. It was a different time. Yeah, and she's filling herself up. Oh, that is fucking that. disgusting. That is the grossest thing you've said. And I've said some really hideous shit. Guy has said some absolutely filthy and sordid things, but that is by far the worst. It does seem to me, Guy, that you are um, fixated on this movie being the last piece of pre-9-11 content that was ever made. (laughs) As though this movie somehow signaled the beginning of the war on terror. Um, and this was the this is the reason we can't take liquids onto air, aircraft anymore. Like this is the thing that did it all. Yeah, this is this is why you you can't fly with water internationally. <laughs> you got to buy it at the airport. Emmanuel, two thousand and one, Central Encounters. There is like there, there's a the whole third um, part of this movie is about travel by boat. It's about mm-hmm. being on a cruise ship, and there is a psychic. This was the worst part of the movie. I thought. They were you thought this was the bad. worst part of the film. I thought this. Yeah. I actually thought this was this was the most interesting part of the film. I'm I'm probably with you, Hank, because this had a, a lot of elements. We had a stowaway on board. There was a cat and mouse game, but he had a, a love story where he was trying to get back to Olivia and he didn't mm. have any money, so he had to stow away. But the headline is, Emmanuel has met her match, finally, right? Mm. Because she's using her science to control people and read their minds and stuff, but she's also met on this boat a clairvoyant, who is who also uses who uses her natural powers to um, I guess sexually infiltrate people's minds and experience the things that they've experienced, um, and 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 it results in a sort of a it's quite complicated, but it results in a sort of a daisy chain of jerking off is the only yes. way I can describe this <laughs> because there is a man who's had sex with a woman on the boat, right? He then goes to the clairvoyant and she makes him relive that experience of having sex on the boat. And as he relives that experience, she goes into his mind using a crystal ball and she begins to pleasure herself um, digitally. 
uh, as in, sorry, with her hands is what I meant, not like zeros and ones. She begins to jerk off through his memories of fucking the other person. But she's also wearing the amulet. And so in her bed, on the other side of the cabin, Emmanuel is like, is using her memories of his memories of jerk of, of fucking this lady to also jerk off. It's a fucking wild time. You like this because it was like a puzzle that you could solve. Basically, this was my favorite part of the film was that it was it was <laughs> it, the plot was complicated enough that I I think if I wasn't taking notes I wouldn't have been able to keep up with it. It was like a lateral thinking, you know, challenge that you rose to. <laughs> I, I watched it this morning before a coffee and I couldn't quite, I could almost figure out what was going on. Um, but hang, you cracked the code. I couldn't quite piece it all together. And so, I, okay, yeah. I just, because, fuck. So we see Olivia, right? That's who we were watching in the like dark nightclub and she was wearing like a fishnet kind of yes. thing. No, that's what the a. fuck was that? That's a separate sex scene. That's a separate thing. Olivia oh is God. the stowaways. Long lost love, who he's trying to get yeah, back. Yeah, no, but to. I thought that's who we were watching. Fuck, no, because man, who he's isn't he? Shit? He's I think he's in that scene. I think he's fucking Olivia, and then the, I thought there was a flashback. The, or yeah, something. yeah, he's fucking Olivia in that. No, no, he's met her. He has met her in the dream realm. Imagine, if you will. Oh, so they've so they've gone to like the quantum realm to meet. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and I think the person you're referring to in like the weird costume and the kind of cage. I don't think that's Olivia. I think that's the clairvoyant. Oh my god! I had I had issues with this it when I watched it in real time. So <laughs> crazy that they gloss over all of this finance stuff, which someone could have told them about, but made up such intricate details about this daisy chain of psychic fucking stuff. The, the, like, the, just the, glo- they haven't glossed over everything, but they have glossed over some things. It's very frustrating. During that one made. of the sexual rendezvous on the boat. I can't remember which one exactly it was. I think it was, I think it was the memory of them fucking on the original couple fucking on the boat. Um, I don't know if this is a common theme in the Emmanuel films, but lemon juice is used in an erotic way. Not lemon juice specifically, but, but food, food. Yeah, like food strawberries and stuff are used. But in this is... one, he squeezes lemon all over her and then licks it off. It's an orange. First of all, let's get our fucking fruits right. Okay? Is it an orange? It's an orange. It's an, an orange. orange. It's absolutely an orange. Yeah, I thought I thought it was lemon because I thought it was like, oh, they're they're on a boat. It's in the sea. It's like seafood. You have it with lemon. I thought that was what they were doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. And then I thought it was weird afterwards when she said, "I love oranges." I was like, "Lady, that was a fucking lemon. We all saw it." Hang <laughs> <laughs> you, idiot! You beautiful idiot! You had all the clues in front of you. The picture of an orange. Someone saying the word orange. <laughs> And you're like, man, it's so weird they've got this lemon confused. (laughs) (laughs) Still a weird thing to do. But I did think we were going to get out of this movie scot-free without any food play, and then blam, Mm. they hit us with the slice. Although we got off very lightly this time. There has been some disgusting introductions of food into the bedroom throughout this to this, to this day, the most what is said into my mind's eye is a... It's a a rock band, isn't it? Yeah, it's a woman performing a... She's holding an... A peeled banana in front of a man's penis, as though it's his penis, and she's performing <laughs> a blowjob on the on the peeled banana. Goodness. And just the whole experience, I find so stressful and there's confusing. Lots of cream involved, and there's lots of like sauces and things around on the table. Yeah, is orange a traditionally is citrus a traditionally um, sexual fruit? Oh yeah, I kind of like the approach of orange being a sexy fruit because. It's so sticky, though. You're always dealing with your traditionals, your, your chocolates and stuff, which is kind of mm. a symbol of decadence. But orange and citrus is kind of a... Um, the working man's food play. It's, it's, it is a little bit that, I guess, and that it's like easy to obtain, but it's more like it's the freshness. It's, the, it's, the, it's like a fresh fruit alternative to chocolate body paint. I'd like to know? see some like oats or bran introduced to the bedroom. Or some, some high-fiber sex play, uh, food play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see someone just pour a big old box of Sultana brand across a bedspread and then lay down and rustle around in the sheets. Is it, it be is the breakfast cereal equivalent of Lego pieces <laughs> oh, yeah. in your bed sheets? Is the idea then that after you finish that, like three or four hours afterwards, you do a really regular shit? Is that the point of 
to really set you up? I don't know. Yeah, I do mean, lines of Metamucil to get ready and then <laughs> and eat clean a whole yourself lot of out. All brand during. I, 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 I think this. Yeah, sorry, hang. Oh no, I was just saying. I find uh, just to close the orange thing. My my issue with it isn't just the stickiness this guy brought up, but also the acidity. I would have thought that acidity and sex do not go well together at all. You'd never use vinegar sexually, you know? That's what makes it hot, brother. It's dangerous. Literally, the forbidden fruit. It's risky. I think it would sting. I think, honestly, orange or citrus in in any kind of sensitive area, I think would sting quite a bit. Yeah, man. It's that whole pleasure plane... Pleasure, ple- you know what I'm saying. You know pleasure, the pleasure plane, plane device. <laughs> you get up on the pleasure plane and you start fucking around with your citric fruits. <laughs> I think there's someone at the door. Let me just get the door and oh invite them God. in. Here he is. Boner inspector! Boner inspector! Here to inspect your boners, boys! Hey, boner inspector. Hello, Mr. Boner um, inspector. I'm not going to waste your time today. This movie was confusing and boring. Understood. And I got no uh, physical arousal from it whatsoever. I got some slight mental arousal from when I was trying to figure <laughs> out how Emmanuel and the psychic teamed up to allow everyone to have sexual pleasure simultaneously with the stowaway, but that's as close as I got. No good to me. Hing! I tried. First I, of all, yes. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Mr. Boner Inspector. Hey, what what kind of benefits do you get from this job? Are you is this like a contract benefits? thing, or are you like this is a work of passion, my son? <laughs> the benefit is sometimes you come across a boner to inspect. Uh, well, I honestly, um, I tried. I really tried to 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 get aroused with this hand on cock you promised me you tried i well i didn't touch my penis the whole time but i will say what i did do was i wait 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 wait. you didn't touch your penis the whole time or you didn't touch your penis the whole time (laughs) well there were moments where i had to drink water you know type things i'll tap away you understand that i can't have my hands on my penis that whole time (laughs) no the whole the entire time the entire time i was watching this film i never touched my penis um and the, but I did try, and, and I think that I don't want to be too unfair on the actors because they are beautiful mm. people, and they're very mm. they're, they're, they're very attractive. But it was again, it was the um, the sort of mind control element uh, coupled with the baffling plot. Man, it was too difficult for me to um, uh, uh, go hard on my dick. Mm. Very well. I shall ignore you and your flaccid penis here forth. What about Guy? Yeah, Did man. You get a what bonus? about me? No, I was furious the whole movie. I hated it. I got right. nothing for you. Well, fuck the lot of you. Goodbye. <laughs> See you, Boner Inspector. I really respect that guy. He gets in and he gets out, doesn't he? He's there every time. He's a real. Um, he does. His, uh, he's he does reliable. his work. Do you think he's happy? Stalwart, but that's not quite right. Do you think I don't he's think happy? He's very happy. You think not he's with sad? us? I don't know what he does when he's not checking in on our podcast. I imagine that there's a, an ocean of boners for him to inspect in the in the wide world. Well, it's like he, Santa. He described it as a as as a work of passion inspecting boners. Um, but you know, you you say you know, like if you think of comedy, mm. it starts as a, a a hobby or a passion, and then you do enough of it that eventually you build it into your life. Uh oh, mm. guys, at that stage in proximity to the comedy festival where he hates doing stand up again. I literally love doing stand up. <laughs> and yet, and yet, guy, can I tell everyone what you said to me when I asked you how you were today? When I <laughs> go, when I got go on the Zoom it. call today, I said, "Guy, it's so good to see you. How are you?" And guy said, oh, "I don't fucking know. I don't. I, I I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I fucking do every day." <laughs> I did not quite say that. No, sorry, what did, I'm misrepresenting you. What did you say, guy? I, I asked you. I, I asked you what of, you've been up to, and then you said, "I'm doing whatever, whatever the fuck it is that I do." <laughs> sorry, that's what it was. You said, I'm, "I've been up to. I don't know what I've been doing. I guess it's whatever the fuck it is I do." And then I said, "Guy, are you depressed?" And then you got very defensive. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Hang, you, you literally caught me at a time just after I'd finished watching this movie. And it's impossible for me to divorce the fact I just watched this movie with the fact I'm talking to you. I'm sorry I didn't put my best foot forward. You're in the refractory period. If um, we were to catch up independent of this podcast, yes. 
you get a much healthier review of my my Hang life on. and well being. I'm not I'm not um, a wealthy man. I currently don't uh, have much money to my name, but I would pay hundreds of dollars to just teleport. To Melbourne right now, just to spend the afternoon with you. Yeah, just to hang out, man. Walk the streets. It would be lovely. It'd be lovely. When do you ha- when do you start doing? Uh, what night do you start doing comedy? Uh, it is the we- Wednesday, the twenty fourth of March. Um, holy is when I'm kicking heck. it off. Yeah, holy heck! And how many times do you do it? Doing, uh, I think fifteen shows. Um, <clears throat> yeah, which is or maybe thirteen shows. It, it, I'm, I'm doing thirteen or fifteen shows. I think it's an um, odd number. Between it is, 13 it is. and 15. Uh, but this is like the first time I've done a comedy festival in like three years, I think, because the last couple were can- like cancelled and then I was working and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's like weird. And it's weird that you guys aren't here. I'm going to be honest. It's really strange. It's really strange our New Zealand friends aren't here. Is I you- hate it. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on that either. I wish I was there. But alas, such is life. A very minor penance to pay considering the scale of the issue. Mm-hmm. Um. And what's your show called? Uh, the show is called Kill Hing in the Name of. It's a very funny title. And it is. <laughs> it's, um, and the show is kind of about. I started a new job at the start of last year in 2020 and immediately began getting uh, death threats from people who don't uh, like me. And it's a show about sort of dealing with that. Um, it's very Sounds good. Sounds like a laugh for me. Very, very comedic. <laughs> very comedic. <laughs> Um, well, I, there's someone else here. There's yeah, someone there's else a, there's, the always, there's always another person. Um, there's a, we're just going to open the door to another of our friends, Michael. Another and, character. Um, I, I hope you like him. This feel, hold on. This feels very low energy. I, I feel like this whole episode, I've not been putting my best foot forward. We're almost at the end. Let me, <laughs> let me run to the door to go and answer it. Hello. Hello, Tim. George fucking Lazenby, my man. Weren't you locked away in a... I thought you were locked away in a in a vault and you were never to come out. Hmm. No. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure that in the last episode you weren't locked in a vault and then it was said that you weren't going to come out of this vault ever again? Ah, uh, well... I say a lot of things, but I I don't recall. It's so interesting to be joined by someone who remembers anything that has transpired (laughs) on our podcast. Because I tell you what, the two hosts of the show, we say a lot of things, and then we press the big red button that stops it recording, and then those things... May as well not exist for That's us right. anymore. Well, um, did you did you have to escape from the the giant vault that Tim locked you away in? What did I get locked in a vault for? I, think, I genuinely have no memory of this. I'm pretty sure what happened was Tim found, um, I guess, your presence and your character somewhat annoying, and then uh, he cursed you and locked you away in a vault. I'm pretty sure. Fuck. This ruthless. I, I must have let him out and forgotten that I'd done that as well. It also could be that... You're also both forgetting that I'm a Bond and I can get out of any sticky situation. That Very is true. true. In I, fact, I I'm well looking have... to get into a sticky situation. Yes. I may and well have misinterpreted that. In. So I may well have misinterpreted uh, that, 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 that. So I might be wrong as well. Cool. Let me tell you a little about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm George Lazenby. I have my own website where I, say, <laughs> I sell sign posters of... Oh, the only Bond film I got to star in, and I've had an erection plaguing me for many, many years. I have a huge amount of money. I would like to invest in a pornographic picture that could relieve me of the agony Mm. that is a constant erection. Your swollen nuts, as it were. And my swollen member. (laughs) Yes, but yes, in short, yes. So, Michael Hung, you're a creative man. Mm-hmm. We know this about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a hilarious man. We know that from the title of your comedy show. You've obviously <laughs> received some of my messages since starting your new job. We know that about you. <laughs> so, what would be tremendous is if you could um, pitch a potential pornographic film to our man, George Lazenby, mm. who can try and get some sweet relief if it reaches the right. bar. And, and uh, well, uh, uh, am I meant to pitch him? I'll pitch him Emmanuel 2001. Is that the idea? You can no. You can no. pitch whatever you want. Hmm. I mean, you could pitch that too if you can make it sexy. Because I think we've just assessed it was pretty convoluted it's, and it, yeah, unsexy. Yeah, I think, Mister Lazenby, um, mm. the you know how the 
I think that maybe a while back, I guess when I was mm. when I was growing up, a lot mm. of the po- pornography that I would see advertised or around would be a sort of a um, a parody pornographic film of mm. a of, of a, you know it'd be parts of the Caribbean, but it's a porno now or Transformers the movie, but it's a porno or whatever. I don't know. Those are the only two movies I could think of. I don't know if there's a Transformers porn parody, but I wonder if That's expensive. If there is pirates, by the way, was the first ever million dollar plus budget porn. Well, I had no idea, um, but I wonder if there is scope for a pornographic parody of a podcast. Now, there is a podcast that uh, I love, that I think a lot of people listening to this show would love. It's called the Worst Idea of All Time. It's mm. two guys. They're great. They're very funny. They've got great chemistry. I wonder if there's Mr. Lazenby, if you would like to watch them fuck and or suck each other. <laughs> Jesus Hold fucking on. Christ. I'm sorry. I, I seem to be getting my wires crossed. So you're pitching two things. One of them is a, a, a sort of uh, a porn parody of a podcast. And the other one is two hosts of a pre-existing podcast Recording themselves on video, sucking and fucking. Well, you want to get the original cast, obviously. It's true. You think if they, you think, you think the makers of pirates. How often do the original cast appear in parodies? <laughs> Never. And that's why I'm saying <laughs> it would be incredible to watch. Yeah, imagine if, imagine if that was in your contract. You finish. You finish doing the Avengers, and then the next thing, they're like, all right, guys, now we're we start shooting on the Avengers for parody. And Chris Hemsworth's like, oh, God, I don't know why I signed this contract, but I guess I've got to fuck, I don't know, Hugh Jackman or whatever now, dressed as Wolverine. Well, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> I, can I just go on the record as saying, I love it. It's very innovative. Hmm. I like the concept. I think the um, realities of it would probably be not exactly for me. but I don't think it's quite the fix for what ails me, but <laughs> conceptually you could be onto a big money spinner there, Michael. Wait, you're saying you don't want to see Guy and Tim just... <laughs> I'm not saying... Hold I on, I... hold on, let him finish the sentence. I want to hear what the final words of that phrase were. You don't want to see... Tim, just really, just really fold each other up and tear each other open. You know, you don't want to see I'm, that. I'm not saying I don't want to see that. I'm just saying I don't think it will fix my erection. <laughs> so what do you want to watch it for? More like scientific purposes, George. Well, you know, if, if they're going to do it, I, I, I wouldn't want to disrespect them by not checking it out. So it's like evil Knievel jumping a bunch of flaming buses. It's like you don't want them. To do it because he could die, but if he's going to do it, you want to be there. Because I would say to them, I, I don't want to see you do it, but then when I found out that they did it anyway, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I would want to see it. Exactly, I got you. Yeah, okay, um, that's cool. I guess, I, I, and, I, and I guess, sorry, sorry to have really railroaded this into a place that is very strange, but um, given that you both have a live show coming up where you will be performing challenges to see who is the best host. Um, I, I do wonder if this is an element we could include in that live performance. Well, that's right. Who is better at relieving George Lazenby's two-meter constant erection? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the logistics on stage of how Guy and I would compete for that title, and it has made me chuckle just thinking about. I imagine it would be illegal. I imagine it would be illegal to show that. Well, time will tell. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. We'll see what the good people of Q Theatre have to say about it all. Anyway, George, no relief this time. Better luck next time. Mm. Goodbye. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Hung, we're going to wrap things up. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Um, For joining us. I'm sorry things got uh, so strange at the end there. No, it was a joy. One more time. Killing in the name of. Killing in the name of. At the Comedy Republic. On Wednesday, March 24th. It's, it's out. That's tomorrow. We're recording this the day before that date. And oh, yeah. I want to know this. Uh, what venue are you in? I'm in the Comedy Republic, which is, I think, the best comedy venue in the country. Oh, fuck. Lucky you. Potentially. Best in the Southern Hemisphere. Take that, the classic. Yeah, you really put the boot in there to the classic. I don't, I've never the been there. I'm sure it's our lovely. venue in Auckland. I'm sure it's lovely. That's know. right. And if we are talking about live shows, uh, the worst idea of all time live show is happening in the New Zealand International Comedy Festival at the best comedy venue. 
for that show, <laughs> sort of. Uh, there's links to all of these things and Guy and my show in the show notes and Hing's show in the show notes if I've done my job correctly. Um, also, Hing's got a great podcast, Free to a Good Home, which you should check out. Mm, you've both um, been guests, both together and separately on that show. Um, that's right. And uh, one of the main reasons I miss you guys at the Comedy Festival is I can't, um, I can't uh, recruit you into being in a live podcast, which would have been so much or, fun. Or... Sell your exciting new merch to us. Oh, yeah. Would you guys like some drink bottles? We're selling drink bottles that say on them, not filled with cum. If anyone wants I those. I heard they sold out. Yeah. Did you sell out of them? We've done, we're doing a second run. We're doing a second run. Yeah. Fuck, well done. Well done, you <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great thing to put on a drink bottle. My sincere congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. Have See a wonderful you, festival. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.